The last area to cover on this model is comprehension development, and that is area D. And remember, I have set area D at 4th uh, to 8th grade, 8-4. And we're going to explore this area now, and then we will try to answer this question of how do you get a child to have a evaluative comprehension by 8th grade? Well, let me go ahead and bump this up just a little bit and I will go ahead and move it over and uh, let's assign some grade levels in here first before we start discussing each of the uh, constituent elements. Well for fluency this remember is third grade. We don't bother with higher level vocabulary until the child is considered fluent and that's why fluency is on here twice. Fluency is the gateway to higher level vocabulary in here Fluency is the gateway to higher level comprehen comprehension in this area here. Now I have intonation listed here. It's really arbitrary. It could also be speed, but let me just remind you of the elements of fluency since it's so darn important. One element, remember, is speed. Another element is accuracy. And then a final element will be intonation. Let me introduce just a couple of activities that go along with each of these areas. For a child who is able to decode in isolation, meaning that they're able to decode words like uh, cat, sat, mat, rat, recognize sight words like the and saw and was, by, etc., but they're just too slow when you put it all together, what you do is an, is an activity called repeated reading. Let me try to scroll that up, and we'll use some of the real estate on here so you can have all of this on one page. Repeated reading. And repeated reading we'll have to go over in a little bit more detail, but its essence is this. You simply have a child read something that's at their uh, independent reading level, and they're going to read it over and over and over and over again in order to develop speed, because speed, remember, frees short-term memory for the purpose of comprehension. Now let's say that we have a child who lacks accuracy. Accuracy, remember, would mean that the child is looking at a sentence like the big cat and saying the very great big huge cat or deleting big and just saying the cat. Well, you can't have the child doing that. So maybe you're going to use a their finger, their little reading finger that's going to be used to point at each word as they read. And that's going to hopefully assist with their accuracy. And there's other things that teachers have done like cutting out little cardboard um, windows that go over the sentences word by word or line by line to force them to pay attention to the print. Eventually those crutches have got to be removed, otherwise they will hinder fluency or so the idea uh, goes. Now intonation, the way that we develop intonation is through maybe uh, doing a uh, um, book on tape or something like that, but also the choral reading where the teacher is going to model expressive reading for the students and maybe even blow the passage up on the overhead and have them sh see where the voice goes up and the voice goes down and there are pauses and then the teacher will model, model, model and the students will repeat, repeat, repeat. So there are activities then that correspond to each uh, area and aspect of uh, fluency and those include uh, repeated reading, finger pointing and choral reading. Uh, all of those for developing fluency. Okay, well, let's imagine that we do have a child who is fluent. Well, then we move to what's called literal comprehension in uh, fourth grade, uh, inferential comprehension also in fourth grade, higher level narrative text in fifth grade, higher level expository in fifth grade, 
and then ultimately we end up with evaluative comprehension in eighth grade. Well, let's take a look now at what literal comprehension is. This is understanding facts. That's understanding facts. That is the ability to answer who and what and where and when. Now understand that I know that you ask literal questions as early as kindergarten, of course. Of course you do. But mainly through oral language development. You won't have them try to read something independently and then answer the questions. I know too that in first through third grade, let me just draw this down for you so you can see it, that you're also working on comprehension in this area. But the idea is that the focus really in first through third grade is getting the child fluent. We would probably really start to worry about a child's development in this model and according to the standards if they are not fluent by third grade, certainly, but by fourth grade if they are fluent and not comprehending, then maybe they need some kind of inter intervention. Inferential comprehension, let's just call this context. This is where things really mean reading between the lines and reading subtleties and answering things like how and why and what next predictive questions so think of it this way fluency is the gateway literal comprehension the facts are the foundations are like who are those people what are they doing where are they going when do they go this is then going to lead into inferential comprehension or context being able to answer how something happens why something happens and then moreover answering uh, predictive questions like what's going to happen next and then confirming it by by reading now narrative text schema narrative text schema these are just these schema simply means organization sometimes information is organized into a story there will be a plot there will be setting and things like symbol it's higher level stuff I know that the children are certainly reading stories earlier but now the plot is more complicated the setting might be very very unfamiliar and the symbolism and the metaphors present in the novel or the short story or the poem will be uh, quite complicated. Sometimes information is not organized into a schema, into an organization of a narrative. It might be in turn organized into expository text. So expository text schemas like things out of the content areas. And I'm thinking like science books or math word problems or your social studies book or your history book or something like that. And you know that you're dealing with the organization of expository text in terms of like cause and effect, which I know is also present in narrative text, but I'm talking about like what causes earthquakes, what are the effects of earthquakes, or compare and contrast. This is comp and contrast. Compare and contrast. Comparing and contrasting animal and plant cells, for example. Not comparing characters, but comparing plant and animal cells. Well, the highest level in this model is evaluative comprehension, and that's where you judge a text. You can judge a text to try to detect bias. You can judge a text to try to detect uh, propaganda or separate fact from opinion, for example. And that is the highest level in this model, where you want the child to be able to read expository text and detect bias. If it's a science piece, you want to certainly detect bias or fact and opinion. And the same thing with the narrative. The, 
literature is written with a particular point of view in mind or points of view, so it's important for the child to be able to judge it. Is it realistic? Is it not realistic? Would this happen? And, and so forth. Okay, so now that you've had the overview of comprehension, let's go into our notes and take a look at some activities, and we're going to do that next.